to me. Live from the Black Bear St. Paul, we are the Days You Know. This is the Days I Know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. So 216 of the Dave's I Know podcast, one of the longest-running Minnesota United podcasts in uh, known history. I don't know how or why, but I just I, I, I just keep showing up at the Black Art, and some dumb assholes keep coming in, showing up, and recording with me. So uh, we have our. We would like to say we do it for you, the listeners, but we really just do it to please David Vigo. So. No, no, exactly. No, this is this is totally an egocentric uh, project that I've been uh, manifesting for the last five years. Uh, I definitely like. You know, once Martin's ego got out of the way of your ego. Oh, it got even oh. bigger. It, and it's so much better dealing with just one David ego now rather than plural David's egos. Yeah, you've heard uh, both MJ and uh, Jess on the podcast. We also have a very special guest, a good friend of the podcast, Andy Greener. Hey, How's it going, Andy? Young, guys. I appreciate it. The last time I was here, I had both Daves. So, yeah, this is a change of pace. Man. This is a, definitely a change of pace, yeah. There's uh, one less Dave. A single serving Dave. Yeah. Um, but it's still pretty aggressive, so I'm, I hope you're you're ready for uh, to get into the into the weeds here. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Uh, all right, so we'll let's we'll jump into the podcast. Um, I'm also going to. Um, I think this is particularly prevalent. Heath out stout beer is available for uh, our Patreon subscribers. I I keep saying every week I'm going to send out an email. So like, let you know when you can pick it up. Dave's never um, sending an email ever again. Just so, just come. Where do the proceeds go? They go to uh, pay for my Fubo subscription, and and also to, like, to watch others and, to, watch and, other and, and to pay for like to host the podcast and shit. So there's it's not, some microphones that it paid for. Yes, it paid for microphones. It paid for hosting the podcast and all that stuff. So um, Patreon.com/slash the Dave's I know. Uh, if you if you. I've, I've delivered, I just randomly have been like driving by people's houses. I was like, oh shit, I know that person lives here, so I'm just going to drop off the, the beer. So um, I, I'm often at Blackheart with my car, and if I have my car, I have beer. So please just uh, come up and say, hey, uh, you owe me a beer, asshole. I'll be like, yes, cool, here's a beer. Um, but again, Taylor, you should make your face the icon for this episode so that people uh, could also recognize you. I I would imagine that everybody listens to this podcast knows my dumbass face looks like. So. Well, I think that's <laughs> uh, but anyways, if you want, we have extra beers of the of the Heath Out Stout. So uh, Annie, if you want one, I will give you one before you leave. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good stout. It's really fucking good. Uh, Patreon.com slash Days Know help support the days that you know. And I do feel the need to remind people that this is a beer that is a Serrano Corner with peanut, peanut in it. Uh, right, so if you have a nut allergy, you don't like nuts, 
or in it's your face. Peanuts, not technically not. So if probably you have a, a peanut allergy. Yeah, don't, you don't is, want this. Is there, a, is there a connection between Heath out and Stout other than that it just rhymes? No, it's because we fucking hate Heath out. You hate, we fucking hate Heath. Okay. And, and it rhymes with Stout. And it, it rhymes really, with Stout. It really does. I yeah. didn't know if there was another connection. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. We're not. We're not. Uh, <laughs> he's a, he's a stout man. We are. We are not. Uh, we are. We are, uh, yeah, we're nothing if not simple. So, uh, all right, let's jump in to the podcast. Uh, we only have Andy for a little bit of time, so we're, we're going to make the best use of his time. Let's start with the Mayor's Cup. It happened on Friday. The first ever match that was not a uh, soccer match, or a professional soccer match, and or a college football match on the goddamn pitch uh, was between... Uh, the Mayor's Cup is between Com- Como Park and Humboldt every year. Um, it's been going on for this is the sixth year of the of the uh, competition. The um, boys varsity and the girls varsity both get to play. Correct. Yeah, and they get to play on the pitch at Allianz Field, so which is really cool. Uh, I brought Ragnar uh, to the girls' game, mostly to support Rodrigo and uh, Isa and G, uh, his daughters, who play for for Como Park. Uh, at thirty one's questions. Uh, pod on Twitter or something. Um, they uh, Como Park won, won to nothing. Woo! It was awesome. We saw the goal. Ra- Ragnar, uh, I all day I, I kept telling Ragnar, hey, we're gonna go watch a soccer match, uh, and we're cheering for the Cougars. Cougars, what what sound do Cougars make? And he just goes rawr. Yeah. He used to do that all 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 afternoon. He's just like rawr. I was like. <laughs> Sonny Cougar's like, rawr. Did you so, get an audio clip of this Ragnar rawr? I did not, unfortunately. Yeah, that needs to I get in on the pod. Right. I know. That would sound like better podcasts. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm glad you didn't try to pretend like you have parental principles or anything this time. Oh, yeah, no. Absolutely not. Principles. That sounds like Baxter right there. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it, was, it was fun. It was super cool to go. And, and we went there and literally... Almost everybody that we saw were masked in the stadium, and they only allowed in like fifteen hundred people. I think when we were there, it was probably about a thousand people because we were only on the um, the like twenty nine to thirty four side of the stadium, um, on the yeah, the west side, and pretty much everybody was masked unless they were eating or drinking. And it's like, oh yeah, this is really fucking easy to do. Yeah, because if you want to do it. it, right? And if you host high school soccer matches. That's the community that shows up, and they're used to masking, and it's not a big deal anymore. And, and all their parents are. Just is and, what it is. Yeah. So. Ugh. Anyways, so it was fun. Uh, I don't know what the result when the boys' match was. I know the Como Park girls beat Humboldt girls one and nothing. That's what's important. They are uh, seven or six, yeah, six-time champions of that uh, of that trophy. Woo-hoo! So good for them. So. Uh, the boys, uh, Humboldt came in with a, I believe, a three wins, two losses. And Humboldt won, won their fourth. Oh, uh, was it in penalties? Either way. I wish that uh, the state high school tournament wasn't in the end of November. So then it could be there. Because it's such a better setting, obviously on grass, a soccer stadium as opposed to playing in US Bank Stadium. With the, with the turf, with the Vikings logo, with the oh, field. Oh, that sucks. Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to be too small to pitch. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it's artificial. That's how they play on. Right, and it's a 70,000-seat stadium. It would be so much better. Obviously, the weather is a big deterrent for there, but you wish that they could do it at some point. I mean, they theoretically could if they if they really wanted to. You might might have some inclement weather, but you have to... 
you know? We didn't make it all the way to state ever. I don't know what they did when I was in. You also, you also have like four or five months to rehab the pitch for the first Minnesota United game. In November, you're out of the playoff picture. I think if their if their issue is like the pitch being fucked up, then they have bigger issues to, well, to worry about. Right. I just all know that that's a concern. Yeah. All they want is artificially heated. Correct. That is true. I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you could have a run. Yeah. All right. So that was a good thing that happened on the pitch uh, this Whoa. weekend. Get ready. Se- se- fucking fucking segways, motherfuckers. This is, this is why I get paid the big bucks. Wait, wait, wait. Was there something bad that happened at all? Uh, no, I have no idea because uh, I wasn't there. So um, no, Minnesota United played the Colorado Rapids. Oh, that's right, the Rapids. Uh, the Rapids, as we affectionately refer them to, to, uh, to them. Um, I don't even. I don't even really want to. Break this game down. We are regretting we ever had or joined a Minnesota United podcast at this very moment. However, we have we have a we have a a, we have a distinguished journalist uh, on the podcast. So we're going to quit our bitching. So, I mean, yes, I I know. (laughs) Yes, I'm giving you that. Um, However, so I I do want to. I think we should. We should talk about this game, and, talk, and then and then we say kind of le- maybe leads into some of the questions that we might have for Andy um, about uh, covering the team and, and all that stuff. But um, this game started really well. Yes, really well. Dreams for sure. In the in the eighth minute, Unu scores a goal from Fragapane with a great through ball from Reynoso. I wouldn't say it was a great through ball. I would say. He got on it, and he, uh, he closed it. But I wouldn't say it was a good Okay. Uh, granted, I wasn't there, and I only watched the highlights, and I didn't even replay it, so... What All I right, felt, semantics? What I, was, what I felt was most important about it is when Aaron Unu scored. Right. I mean, he hadn't scored in five appearances. 230 minutes. He'd been scuffling for a long time. He didn't even appear in the Dallas game. Fernando Adi played over him. I mean, he was a sub in, I think, the yeah, yeah. previous three games. So to get the start, to score that early, um, you know, he's had fits and starts before. He had the two-goal game at Houston a couple weeks ago. He had a two-goal game, you know, early on in the year as well. So for him to score, it was the perfect guy for them, the guy that made the cards. Yeah, and he, his playing at striker is different than Luke playing at striker. What I like is he's really great at that tailing a winger or tailing somebody else and getting that diagonal backwards pass in and not having to pick his head up because he already knows where things are. He has the time and space. Fragapani gets that diagonal ball lane really easy and Boone doesn't miss in that range. Yeah, it was also a little fortuitous, right? Getting him like two guys on that goal. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, yes. Pretty fortuitous that he was able to get that. But yeah, I mean, he, he knew where he wanted to put it and he put it right there and, and scored for the first time. And, so I guess Andy, um, what is it? I, I, I question. I think are we maybe asked the last time you were on the podcast. Like, what is it like covering this team? Has that changed in the last basically year since we, I think we probably had you on about a year and a half ago, maybe? So yeah, I was trying to think of the last time. It yeah, was, it was episode one hundred and nine. So it's been it's been almost two years, probably actually. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I really enjoy covering the team. Um, I enjoy covering pro sports. I feel like there's really good access and availability to players and coaches and staff. 
um, that I really enjoy. For instance, I got to sit down with, with Unu after his two bowl game and you know, we kind of opened up about transitioning to the U.S. and kind of how he likes to play with another striker up top and that's kind of how he likes to, to, to perform. Oh, well, put a pin in that for a sec. Yeah, there you go. No, keep going. I'm timing how long Zeller can stand to put a pin in this, but go on. No, Zeller, go ahead. Oh, uh, that that whole uh, second striker thing has been a um, trying to I, I'm trying to put this as delicately as possible. Uh, bullshit. Wait, wait. Are you talking about how we talked about before that? Unu, it was like an established known that Unu likes playing as a second. So there's there yeah there's the the, the 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 press coming from the team that Unu that they brought in Unu as a uh, a second striker type. They did. But they did. That's not what they said at first. That's that's the whole point. So that's not what they said at first, and they didn't do anything to like actually bring in a second striker until they uh, bred in Fernando Adi uh, and Juan, Juan Agadello super late into uh, into training. And so, um, now, I just, I'm worried about this. Your, your, I, your timeline, your timeline is off. Okay. All right. Well, then please, please explain because yeah, I'm, I mean, I feel like this team is gaslighting me all the time. Right. Well, it's not especially because it's coming from Bruno's mouth. That's how he played. Oh, no, no. Brings, yeah. And that's what he preferred to do. Yeah. So, it's not gaslighting if it's coming from him. What's, what I think is interesting is, you know, they wanted to bring back Luis Amarillo. That was number one. Yeah. And after that fell apart, they also wanted to bring back uh, a guy that was playing in, in uh, I think he's in Sweden now. Um, I can't share the name, but they were close and far along to bring in another striker there. Okay. So then, that, so, then, so then that fell through, and then it went to Ramon Alvarez. And then that obviously was... Felt hard to not work as so well. Then, they so then it, it became Fernando Adi, and Juan Agudelo was along for the ride as well. That's fair, but but they never actually pitched Unu as a second striker. They pitched him as a striker. A striker. That's right. And that's what they put out to everybody, including you, right. including you know Jerry over at the fucking fish wrap factory West Side. Um, like they put him out as a striker, as the striker. That's all I was hearing. I was hearing. I was hearing. You know, just like. Two months, like a month and a half ago, is so we're like, oh, he's actually a reserve second striker, not yeah. So that's where I, that's that's where my concern is. Yeah, my, they've also my question. had some definition problems with other players, right? Like Don Gregus, right? They oh, said weird. That he was a, Language matters. Sorry. They uh, um, pitched him as a as a number six. So it's yeah. Um, so they've had other issues with how they sell somebody in a press release, which is what it's So yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand that, but there was a backstory of what they were trying to do to bring someone else to play up top of the I mean, that makes a little more sense, especially if they were trying to go after somebody else. Um, but clearly, you don't tell me off the record, uh, <laughs> off the podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, clearly doesn't help because uh, in the second half, uh, in the 57th minute, Danny Wilson gets a red card, a deserved red card from Colorado, and then everybody in Minnesota basically loses their shit and realizes that we're going to be playing up a man for more than 30 minutes again for the third time in a row, and we're going to clearly score. Yeah, It's a sign that we're doomed. It's not a chance, okay? So whenever we 
are friends of man. Just, just get ready for the loss. Yeah. Okay, that's the only trend here I'm seeing. Or, or a draw. We're gonna, we're gonna drop points, but yes. We have now, when going up a player, two draws and one loss and a negative goal differential. In 170 plus minutes, I would think. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> not good, not good. Yeah. What, what was interesting about last night's game is that they gave up three goals after being up a man. And I reached out to the MLS staff person about you know, where they are and how funky, funky that game was and how that happened. And, right, well, I mean, to, to be up a man and to give up three goals. So I reached out to the MLS staff person and said, I know this is a weird request, but has there been anything like this in MLS history? And he came back to me and he goes, this is the first time in MLS history that a team has trailed, gone down a man, and scored three goals to win in MLS history. So there you go. Not only is, is there the insult of the loss, there's the injury of making MLS history. On it. <laughs> MLS history is being made by Minnesota United, and you want to be there for it. Yeah. It's the wrong side. It's like 2017 all the way. Yeah, if you want to uh, not mask up and be there for history, knock yourself out uh, with Minnesota United. So Maybe it was our fault, guys, because we weren't there cheering, right? No, I was here because um, there's a mask. There is a vaccine and mask mandate for soccer matches, so I was here with my my children, watching the game, um, being very disappointed, uh, throwing my hat at the big screen several times. Not gonna lie, threw my hat several times at the big screen, uh, and I also tweeted out after. So as soon as Michael Barrios got that penalty um, and they scored the, the the PK, I think I tweeted out. Um, it's a hell of a drug to lose to a 10-man Colorado team, uh, and then they proceeded to allow two more goals. So. Well, let me ask, I guess I should pose it as a question to Andy. What was I asking? Good question. It's too late in the day for my ADHD meds to be functioning at this point. I didn't interrupt, which I'm very proud of. Uh, It'll come to me, and then I will interrupt. So, carry on. So, I guess which of the which of the goals? So, you were in the press box on Sunday. Okay, which of the goals was? I the, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Back yourself up. <laughs> Andy. So we all know that, that, you know, in the MLS, there's definitely a, a very clear home team advantage, right? Home field advantage, um, the atmosphere, the supporters groups, um, that's not unique to, to Minnesota United. Um, but, you know, how much would you say we might, someone could maybe chalk up to lack of um, atmosphere um, on Sunday? I'm just playing devil's advocate because don't play devil's advocate. Some somebody's gonna raise the ball, right? Was, so what we what is what it was, is it Andy? Was, it was fucking clear on the audio, and so I want yeah, Andy was there, so I want I, I wasn't in the stadium. So like if you go to no. FC Dallas, where they don't get good numbers, and I don't know if they have not good numbers generally, but maybe a really noisy support section, but like. When you see attendance not be there, do you see similar results where the home field advantage isn't there? It was it was the poorest uh, environment I've seen in Minnesota, um, and that includes that includes games at, at TCF Bank Stadium. That's um, saying something. Yeah. Whoa, that was right. Sad. Because because I felt like at least at that time 
it was as full-throated as it could be in a big college football stadium. I felt like, as we were talking before we came on here, uh, I felt like it was a Minnesota Twins baseball game this summer. It was, it was quiet. Like a Wednesday night game. Like a Wednesday night game, 30 games under 500, out of the playoff race for the Twins. Um, there were efforts to try to make noise, and it kind of went on and it was, it was very quiet. I felt like the lack of the Thunderwall um, was very noticeable. It wasn't that kind of drum beat of, of, a, of a beat and a pace to the game. Um, TNE tried to bring some noise, but I felt like they kind of got lost in the stadium. And I felt like it had an impact on the match because this was the biggest game of the season for Minnesota United to date, and there wasn't an atmosphere to go along with it. Um, no. Why that was is, is everyone's own prerogative, but that was a direct result of what happened, right? And I asked Ethan Finley about that after the game, and he said, you know, the ones that were there brought as much noise as they could, and we certainly have something to play with it as well. Um, so he felt like you know, he was putting the, the onus on the team for, for not performing very well. Um, wasn't, you know, calling out the supporters by any stretch, but felt like the ones that were there brought it, and they didn't play well enough to unpack. Oh, um, I mean, that's very kind of Ethan Finley to not throw supporters under the bus. Um, but yeah, it, it was... Because he's a gentleman. He's a well, yeah, he doesn't have a dad box. Yeah, Carry no, on. just as, as a uh, standing over Ethan Finley over here, so... Um, uh, okay, so I mean, so let's let's just fucking cut to the chase. Minnesota loses three to one. Uh, they get score, score three goals. Colorado scores three goals in twenty minutes after they're down a man, um, and that's not good. No, generally, uh, we definitely uh, don't want teams scoring that many goals on us uh, if we're down a man. Uh, did you ask Adrian Heath about that? I mean, I think you. I feel like I saw in your article today that you did. Um, what is his response to like the fact that they are so fucking terrible down a man? Yeah, man, I asked him that directly. I said, you know, this is the third game uh, that you guys have had a man advantage for a lengthy portion of the game and haven't been able to find a winner. Why do you guys consistently struggle with that? And he drew it up to to players, to tactics. Which uh, she has control of both of, but you know. Right. Yeah. So I thought was, the other yeah, so I thought, so he, he talked right. about how he felt like they got desperate, he felt like they played long and straight, he felt like they didn't yeah. have overloads, he felt like they didn't yeah. switch the pace to side to side, um, and who is the man that's responsible for that? It's, it's Adrian. So I like that he has the soccer intelligence to say all this stuff, but like maybe doesn't have the social or emotional intelligence to say, and this is on me. Yeah, MJ, absolutely. I think, what's, I think what's really interesting about that is, back, I don't know if you guys remember back in, in July uh, when Adrian made a great substitution, brought off Unu and brought on Nico Hansen. Yes. They, they got wide spaces against Seattle, and, and Nico sent in a cross, and they got the game winner. Right. It, was, it was a great substitution, full credit to Adrian Heath. After having problems, especially against Seattle when it comes to substitutions, we go back to the Western Conference Final if we want. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Deja vu. But, we don't. We don't. Right. Exactly. It was a But but at that point, I asked him about that substitution, and he said something to the effect of, "Hey, it looks like I know what I'm doing." So when when there was a substitution, when there was a tactical change. He was willing to take the credit for it. When there was a, 
a misstep where they weren't able to find a winner. Excuse me, a second goal uh, to put away Colorado yesterday. To put it on the players and how they were playing, not on his own shoulders. Oh, and I thought I thought the difference there uh, was strong. Is he afraid to own it, you think? Do you think he thinks he's fooling anyone? You know what, I, I asked him, I think this might have been in 2018, I asked him, there was, you know, that was obviously a really rough year, and there was responsibility to be had, and I asked him, you know, if there was anything that he could put on his own shoulders, and he deflected that question. So. So, yeah. So, no. So, 2019 was a fluke, right? And 2020 was a fluke well, for the rest of the world in, as well. And 2021 is not a fluke. Peace out. I'm on board. Thanks, Jess. I think it's, it's uh, like I a think, logical I think what's algorithm at this point. Yeah. It's, right. it's so. It's a fucking fluke. I don't even. I, so, obviously. Um, Everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I'm, I've been I've been on the Ethan train since July of 2017. Um, very hardcore on this. Before that, before that, it's actually more and more. Yeah, um, season 2017. So, Andy, I, I, I so we we don't have to talk about the rest of this fucking game. We lose three one. It fucking sucked. It was terrible. Terrible Thank game. You. Thank um, you. Are we at least going to share our Friday news? We get we'll do we'll do Friday news in a second. Um. But as a, as a journalist, as someone who covers his team, yeah. spends time with the players, with the you know with the front office people, and, and, and talks to talks to the yep. Um, what like if this team doesn't make the playoffs, is that do you think that's enough for Phil to get rid of him? I you know I can't answer that definitively. I mean, I I, I I know you can't, and I know you shouldn't. And, but like, given your, given your, 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 yeah. So, you know, they start 0 4 this year. And, you know, they go to the Western Conference Final and they start 0 4. It's horrible. And after they kind of got out of that hole and put together some results and put together some some points, I had to sit down with with Bill McGuire and I asked him, hey, when you guys were 0 4, did you feel like there was some things in jeopardy for Adrian and did you feel like, might make a change and he said no it takes time to be able to build something so so at that point I said no I mean I know that they are really really close I know Bill and Adrian are I mean he lives on his fucking property so they're they're very they're very close oh Jess you sweet summer child I have so much stuff I have so much shit to tell you Dr. Bill is also involved with real estate he has property in Minnetonka yeah Dr. Bill Anyways, let's let Andy, let's let the guy who actually is the fucking journalist, yeah. tell his story here. Right, so um, I didn't feel like that was, based on his answer, that that was really in the cards. I know that he wants to have this club continually push on and improve and get better. And I know that he's incredibly frustrated with the way things have gone. He might be, he might not be. I know that. You know, he wants to he wants to push on, he enjoys having home playoff games. I think last night kinda of sealed the deal on not being able to have a home playoff game. I know that matters to him in the progression of the club. I don't know if that changes his mindset of where it is with Adrian, but I think it's a very good question and something to follow in these next couple months. I mean, I'm not even a hundred thousand mayor, right? Okay. But I I am in corporate America. 
And I don't have millions of dollars to own team food, or even share some teams necessarily. But it seems to me like it's a pretty basic rule that business is business is business. And it's, I mean, it seems like a conflict of interest for him to just have a friendship with Inchi at all. I don't know if it's friendship so much. You should not be friends. Is that he's he is a landlord. Um, I think he likes the guy. Here's the thing: is that um, I'm curious to see what uh, what Sherry Ballard brings uh, next year because Chris Wright is a. uh, I'm gonna say it. He's a fucking asshole and um, a terrible person. I think he's just over it. Yeah, and yeah, you're probably right. He's over it. I know I know that I know that as things have been off, I know that you know twenty twenty there was a, a real rough patch. I think they lost four games in a row and Adrian was feeling the heat now. And I know that there is there's heat that he has felt at different times yeah. over where he's at and his positioning. Um, I thought what was really interesting to me was kind of the tenor of the press conference yesterday because Adrian wears his heart on his sleeve all the time. And yeah, he feels, if he feels he like yeah, and I think that's to his credit. In my perspective, I think that's what you want. In a lot I don't of think I've ever seen a man <laughs> So I think well, he's English. He, he's he's English, yeah. so it's like they don't okay, know. I, got, at all. I gotta watch him see the line. Yeah, um, it seemed to me like there was a little bit of contrived optimism with the Raiders. Given, given how bad it was, I thought it was interesting to see him kind of put on a positive face to it, saying, we have everything left. And I think, if anything, what last night showed was they don't have home field equipment, so you don't have everything left. So I felt like there was a little bit of puffing up a positive that wasn't actually, clearly wasn't there, and he kind of was trying to show that a little bit. I thought that was interesting because he usually gives you an unvarnished opinion, right or wrong, um, about how it does. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because this team, um, if everybody's healthy, I would put this team up against pretty much every other team in MLS in a one-off game and be like, yeah. They're pretty good about it. They, they, they can win, yeah. Um, I vote. I, I bet. It, I, I bet a shit ton of money against this team last on Sunday. I made a shit ton of money uh, betting against this team. Colorado, so Colorado plus two ten. Yes, I will. I will buy your next beer. Um, it's uh yeah. So it's it's just it's a it's really frustrating that we have to deal with this. Um, what's uh let's jump into our Freddy news before we jump into our Andy Greeter uh, questions. Uh, MJ, you had some good Freddy news and some shitty Freddy news. I did. Okay. For Minnesota, my good Freddie Adu is uh, Tommy Dotson. I thought this was the best game he played in 2021. Granted, I haven't watched every every game that he's been able to play, and I haven't kept track of when he's been injured. With this eye on how good is Tommy Dotson playing, but his connections with Sagapane... Not all passes can each of them hit, but they seem to be on the same page. And his pairing with Ozzy Alonso, like who is going to go forward, who is going to drop back, seem to be like, hey, 
Tiferian, he's seen the field, there's some good chemistry there. Yeah. And you're yeah, sure? that was his first game back in quite a while from a knee injury. He's been playing on a position on the left-hand side as an attacker a lot earlier this year. Right. Using kind of his natural spot. I think, I think you need somebody that wants to go forward a little bit more. I do like Ozzy and, and Will together, but I feel like Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're Oh, it, this is so hard because so many of the movies. I mean, it's not. Didn't, didn't play well. So it's many of them didn't play it's well. Not it's not hard. But, but I felt the bossy on the three goals scored was more consistently out of position than. But it, you, 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 missed, you missst it. I missed you it? You just who, fucking missed it. Who, who, who's that supposed to be? Adrian fucking Keyes. Oh, man. okay. It's yeah. terrible. Sometimes he counts and sometimes he doesn't. It's terrible. Like, it's terrible decision-making with uh, regards to subs. It would be every bad Freddy Adu, every match, it's, every No, season. it's not, though. Honestly, I've... I, I've go back and listen I, to I this fucking I, podcast. I think I picked Keith as, a, as my shitty pretty Indian from this Way time. more than I have this, yes. this season. Yes, way more than I have. Well, I, I just keep... I, I try to limit myself to players on the field. I don't know. Rules and shit. I mean, the guy makes the decisions for the, who the fucking players are on the field. And we bitch about him more than enough. For do, him not to also do, be mentioned as the bad friend. Do we? Do we? Do we? Do you want two episodes a week? Listen, I want to. I want to say my good friend Dewey is is uh, Adrian Unu. Um, he was playing really fucking well, and then um, my shit ass Freddie Adu took him off the goddamn pitch. Yeah. Right, because if it's if he's getting hot, you better cool him down. The second guy I would put up for my for Freddie Adu, uh, good Freddie Adu, Franco Francapane, really? taken off the pitch, like. What the fuck are you actually doing? Come on, he's making subs, he's rotating the squad. Everything that we've asked him to do, he's doing. I'm just, I, I, my fucking mind is... What, what, what I didn't understand about the moves that, that Adrian made last yes, night was Fernando Adi. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're playing, you're playing too long and straight and direct, and you're going to bring on a target man. I didn't really understand that. If you want to try to create some space, create some movement, I don't think Fernando Adi is. Jacoby Hayes would have been a better, you know. Sure. Nico Hansen earlier potentially. I like I mean, Nico. Why doesn't Nico get more play? Uh, he's been he's been injured for long stretches. Um, Does so he that's need my help? I can help him. Like a massage <laughs> therapist? Is like, that what I mean, just emotional support, maybe? Yeah, I like Nico. Uh, Nico. But yeah, he's been... He's Please, been you, he hugs. the names I know, mn at gmail.com, I will direct, I will forward your email to Jess. Three hands and hugs, right here. Three hands and hugs. Alright. What's all right? This this game fucking sucks. No, wait, wait, wait. I want. Does Reader have a good good Freddie do and a shitty Freddie do? Oh, sorry. Yeah. He's just like man of the match. I don't really want. I don't really want to like put him on the spot if he doesn't want to do this. No, no. You you can deny this. I'm I'm just. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, just piggybacking up what Zeller said. I think Unu. um, I think the fact that he scored, I felt like that should have been. That should have been enough. I don't like him. He's a Kagamani, so I love this. This is something different. I know. I'm willing to challenge I'm smart yeah, at soccer, smart. by the way, guys. I'm so smart. People hate who I hate. 
Um, and then and then a bad one. Yeah. I think. I mean, they got stretched defensively time and again. I think Mark Michael Barrios really exposed. Yeah. Him. You know when that yeah, when that's uh, that? uh, he's, he's a Minnesota he killer. He's a guy who just uh, fucking hates Minnesota. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. Just he continually us. destroys us. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas Jonathan Lewis now gets to join the party. Oh. He has a like I, I think you know. I think he's a nice young player, but I don't know if DJ Taylor. Right. I, I wonder about that. Um, I don't think he was in the cards uh, until Will Trap uh, wife uh, had a baby yesterday. Congratulations! Uh, I, yeah, for sure. Trap baby. Yeah. Trap baby. Another Von Trap So yeah, I think you know DJ. I think he he showed some moments early. Um, I don't think he should have been in that Kansas City game. No. Um, I think you know Yukarakula yeah. should have been there and experienced left back, somebody who can play in that spot. We have Johnny Russell, who's yeah. one of the best white players in the Western Conference. And DJ uh, got exposed, and, and Adrian didn't take him off at halftime. Right. Kept riding him in the second half, and it only got worse. Adrian said, hey, somebody has a bad half, and you know, try to give him an opportunity to work out of it. Yeah. And that was not the right move, and that's why it was going up in the Kansas City. And, and DJ was showing some sparks. Um, doesn't really show like he can play at this level. Mike. He he looked good early coming in for Metinier when he was on the first. When he's on the right side. First center last year, right? No, and I definitely agree with you. Rylo would have been much better on the left, but like I would say that as games have gotten more important and there's more pressure, and later on in the season, uh, it looks like EJ Taylor is not. Like, I thought initially, he's like, oh, this is a great guy to come off the bench and sub at the MLS level. Mm -hmm. Now, you're starting to hear a lot of people on the Twitch say, you know, he's not ready for MLS. I think if DJ Taylor did have potential, and she squandered it by now, because he's not good at developing players. We know this, he takes. What is it, Zeller? Tell me more, Zeller. Square pegs and round holes, something like that. Babe, babe, you got it. You're, you're, you, you I'm nailed a it. You are. I'm, a I'm, I'm so, I'm so fucking. One I'm, I'm so I'm fucking impressed that you're just like nailing it right are now. Are you buying my next beer too? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um. All right. What do you want? Let's uh, let's transition. We wanna. We, Andy has a has a hard out, so we wanna get some questions in for him. MJ. You have some questions about uh, journalism and shit with uh, Andy Greeter. So, and then Andy, uh, can you let everybody know how to follow you, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, all that uh, stuff? I mean, subscribe to the St. Paul Pioneer Recipe Credits. I, I, yeah, it's super cheap right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to like cancel my subscription. It really uh, supports me, and I appreciate that. Um, Twitter at Andy Greeter. Um, yeah. Do they, do they have uh, different? Uh, price points for uh, electronic versus in print or yeah, 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 yeah digital subscriptions. I Saturday, think it's like, it's like less six bucks, bucks a month or a month. Yeah, or, yeah it's, it's, it's like two bucks cheap. a month yeah. for the next four months. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, if you guys, if anybody can get in and subscribe, that certainly helps me. And Pro- promo code Dave's I know. Um, <laughs> and put that in, and you're definitely gonna uh, get a uh, yeah. Could <laughs> 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 be like two extra dollars a month because you know why the fuck not? So. Uh, well, that leads into one of my questions. Obviously, the, the internet has changed uh, newspaper ads and economics and how things get paid for. Uh, 
how has that changed your job as a writer? Do you have to fight for articles being internet only versus also getting ink, or uh, does the prestige of Gopher Football in Minnesota United just mean that you're getting getting paid for you know this many articles a week, no matter what? Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no quota, right? I mean, it's kind of where the news is. I think you know what's changed with the way things are is if there's breaking news. It's, it's up right away, right? I think, you know, when, you know, the All-Star announcement came, there was a story right, right. after when it happened. And you kind of, you kind of broke that story back in, like, February, right? Yeah. Where, think, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, it was in the spring. Yeah, yeah, for so. sure, yeah. So that was, I think that's a great thing for, for St. Paul and for, for soccer, and yeah, I was able to have that. You, you don't have to wait for the next morning or the morning after that as, as you used to sometimes. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's more, you know, digitally focused than, and pretty focused. Um, I think where things are online is, is where you know, the future is and where the growth is, and that's where my focus is. Do you have to fight in the same way in, in, the, in the print age where you fight and get on the page one or page two? Um, do you have to fight for where your articles are in that digital space? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think there's sometimes that kind of efforts that you need to have, right? You need to show that you kind of what you feel like the news is about the story to, to pitch to the editor or somewhere that you press it. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, I know, like, the Vikings, like, we have more readers interested in the Vikings, but this, what's happening with Minnesota United is a big fucking deal. Um, and so sometimes you have to advocate. Yeah, yeah, certainly there's, there's those kind of efforts that you have and just kind of show where the, where the newsworthiness is, you know, if they're also announcing that, yeah, this is in St. Paul, this is coming here next year, why the, why the importance is there, what the uniqueness of, of the story is goes a long way. So, um, the, clearly, they don't care about MLS. At the Star Tribune. They have fucking Jerry to go to yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to like touch that rail, please do. Um, John Marthaler, who I consider a friend, is actually really good and cares about soccer. Um, Jerry's going to fucking doesn't care about fucking soccer, and uh, he shows it very often with uh, how he covers soccer. Um, and I, I know you're on you're on several beats, so you have to obviously you know. Yeah, care about yeah, lots of different things and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the variety. I enjoy kind of being able to, to go from one to the other. And, you know, if one is down, one is kind of up, and you can kind yeah. of play off the other one. And it doesn't kind of pitch it. Why does uh, the Star Tribune hate soccer? Oh man, I can't touch that. Zeller. You know, I can't. I mean, what I think is, I, mean, I have to. Is, I have to ask. Yeah, uh, it's, fine, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, mean, I, um, I was. I was here last time. Why? Do, why does the Pioneer Press care about soccer? Let's let's turn yeah. it around. Do they? They do. Yeah. They have a guy who covers have, soccer. Well, they have a guy, but like his name's Andy Green. Com- com- compared to the Pioneer Press. This guy is a bit of a raise. Compared to the I didn't get this yesterday. I wish I would have gotten answered for this. The strip is. I mean, Andy, he's a fine candidate, Pioneer Press, and he knows a lot. So you gotta pay him, or else the strip's gonna pick him up. You should uh, send this to my editor. Oh, I. Uh, 
I would write something <laughs> far more articulate and impressive to your editor. Fair enough. Eddie, as, answer the question. Uh, about, uh... Why does the Pioneer Press care about soccer? Not the... Um, not that I, they, not, not why the strip right. gets two shits about soccer, because right. they don't care about soccer at all. I think, I think, you know, the fact that it's in St. Paul um, is, is really important. I think the fact that, that I push for it like I do, I feel the fact that, you know, I've been able to cultivate relationships and tell stories that are not only just about the game, but around the personalities surrounding it, and try to find unique ways to tell it, I think that goes a so if they lose you to the strip, then the strip not only gets Andy, but they also get Andy's beat and the relationships that he's formed. Andy up. Yeah. It's weird. I'm like agent. I mean, maybe you have to pay her some money. So. No, I'm, I'm really happy with that. Yeah. Let's oh, go back and to, to Andy's past a bit. Uh, you don't have to tell me the first newspaper you ever read or that your parents put on you, but how did you get involved with journalism? Did you go to school and major in journalism? And, and where, you know, where did you kind of get your first jobs? Yeah, for sure. So I, I mean, I got into journalism. I wanted to be a sports writer because I knew that I couldn't be an athlete. Right? And, I knew and you got sports. I knew, that I had, yeah, I knew that I had physical limitations. Another English major. And, you know, I was either going to get a you know, Division two college football scholarship and that was going to be the peak for right. my athletic career. So I wanted to, to stay around sports, so I majored in journalism at UMD, um, got into sports writing at the Duluth News Tribune, and, and transitioned over to the news side, and did that for a few years, and then... Oh, so yeah. you, you, you were doing Duluth, like, news? I was, yeah. Wow. Was, news, news. Not the University of Minnesota campus Duluth yeah, news, like, but like legit. Like crime beat chasing. Sure. Like in the middle of the night, keep the smooth police scanner, get up. Yeah, I know. I know. You, you, I know you, you get to identify, you know, fire engine and ambulance sirens and police by, yeah, by ear. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell you how I many, couldn't tell you how many sirens there are. I couldn't do that. But yeah, so I did that for a while and then um, gave that up and did uh You didn't give it up, you got promoted. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. So then I, um, I went abroad for a while. And that's my really? problem. So I, oh, okay. Um, yeah, during uh, 2010, uh, during the World Cup. You know, I was, it was in South Africa, but I was in Ecuador and Argentina. And I'd be in Argentina during the you know, message. Did you get to meet you here? So I was, no, I did not. Okay. Is she Brazilian? I don't know. Well, I don't know. She's the girl in the cup song one year. Club yeah. And I think it would have been that year. Waka Waka. Yeah. That's what it's called. Just so you know. I could sing it for you, but I won't. Yeah, so that's when I that's when I fell in love with soccer. So when I came back and got started the, the Pioneer Press, I, I pushed to, to cover soccer, and that's when I started doing it. And more kind of content. I'm about to spend a lot writing articles. <laughs> you write articles in English and in Argentine. I was I was uh, I was kind of just like I was working on organic farms. I was kind of Woofing, he was I don't know what it before, was, but it's building workers on organic oh, farms. Yes, yes, so yes. I did it on journalism, but... I heard about that when I went to New Zealand. Yeah, so I did that, and then I actually wrote a bunch of travel essays and I published a book on it, and then I got back into journalism. And when, when did you start at the Pioneer Press? 2013. And it, it sounds like because you cared about the World Cup and, and got into soccer, when Minnesota United came up, you were like, hey, I want this. Like, they didn't yeah. ask. They well, didn't. I think, you know, at, I don't know that it came up. At I'm first, sure at first I, was, I, was on, I was on news site, actually. Oh, you were? When I first got yeah. to find it for us. 
covering cops at courts and breaking news on weekends. Uh, and then I went back into sports. Was Coleman mayor then? Or? Uh, yes, he was. Okay. Yeah, Coleman was mayor then. Uh, and yeah, so I was doing some freelance stuff, sports related. And, and the uh, they had the uh, um, brand transition at Midway Global Market. Uh, in 2013, and I, and I covered that, and then wow, started yeah. covering games up at Nessie uh, after that, and so yeah, I've been covering it at least partially since then. He's legit. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, all right. So before we'll let you go, Andy. Emos um, uh, All Star Game is coming to St. Paul, August 10th, 2022. You broke the story. I did. Yeah. yeah back, in, so, back in May. Tell us a little. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, so I mean, everybody knows about MLS also game. Um, I think what was successful about it last year with League MX is it wasn't just a regular Chelsea on a preseason tour, Liverpool on a preseason tour, yeah. anything like that. Bayern Munich C squad. Exactly, right? It had like a little bit of extra flavor to it. Yeah. So I asked Garber, you know, are you guys going to run that back? And I thought he was going to kind of hem and haw and kind of lead in that direction. Uh, but he said something like, hey, we're going to have a new narrative, is what he said. So I wonder if they're going to go back to the old European format that they had for the previous 15 years or where they're going to go. I thought for sure with League's Cup and the success that the Liga and Mackey's MLS All-Star game had last year that they were going to do that again. But it seems like they're going in another direction. As, as, as one of the uh, members of the FC St. Pauli, St. Paul group, Fucking St. Pauli here would be amazing. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be so good. Right. I, I will say that uh, I've always appreciated that MLS does it differently than like East versus West. Um, I mean, they did. Well, they did East versus West and for a long time. For a long time, buddy. Like I, I was looking at the fifteen years. Yeah. And then and then like and then MLS uh, US versus MLS European. They've done. A whole but fucking thing. So. I also think that the Liga Amatis tie-in was way more fun and the quality of play and you bring in more fans because, as we mentioned several times on this podcast, the most popular league to watch in the United States for soccer is the Liga Amatis. Yeah. It just makes sense to do that. Yeah. Especially with where things are going with Leeds Cup. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Maybe they do end up going back to that, but Gerber was a little bit um, differentiating and saying, hey, we're going to go to a different year. Right. Okay, cool. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Thanks for having me. Guys. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will get through the rest of the United News and talk about uh, our. Yeah, we have to talk about Austin. Oh, fuck. So, okay. Fuck, fuck Austin. Done. All right. Check. We'll be back in uh, one second. All right. All right. All right. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and welcome back to the Dancing Mail Podcast. Uh, thank you, Andy Greeter, for jumping on the podcast with us. Uh, at Andy, at Andy Greeter on the Twitters and the Facebooks and all the fun, fun stuff. Yeah, please, please do. Uh, MJ, Missile United and the Dark Clouds uh, had a, a fun party with uh, the ten-year anniversary of us winning the goddamn soccer bowl. Yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Well, at Blackheart, there was some amazing list of uh, celebrities. Buzz Lagos 
former color commentator and former Thunder coach. Chris uh, Lindholm, play-by-play commentator. Coach Manilagos was here. Jordan Buckholtz, former CEO of the Minnesota Stars, now executive director of the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Damian and Jeff from Brave New Media, who have all this amazing YouTube and photos of the club from that era that we can now like treasure. Angie Blaker, team assistant, driver, uh, player, uh, liaison extraordinaire. And, and several players were here. Kevin Friedman, Cristiano Diaz, Jason Mora, Anthony Hamilton, and Simona Grappolovo. You, you bury the lead there in that Kevin Freeland is now a saint at the bar. He is now the, the newest Blackheart saint. And it basically was like a picture of Kevin Freeland as Jesus. Right. It was basically just like with, with, a picture of like what most white American Christians think of Jesus is basically Kevin Freeland the, the beard, with a little bit more hair. The, the facial hair was on point. And uh, you had the nice, like, Middle Ages Halo or um, uh, Mandalore or whatever the, it's yeah. called in art. The other, the other fun thing, I, so I took a picture with Cristiano Diaz. Uh, yes. And uh, my wife uh, was the one who changed the chant from, um, oh, Cristiano. Yeah, uh, I let you. Yeah, shag my wife to. Uh, I let you shag me twice. Yeah, and I explained the the change to him. And Cristiano, um, this is Cristiano Diaz. Like ten years later, uh, he definitely is like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I let you shag me twice. Is now is, is what we cheered for Cristiano Diaz. The I think in twenty starting in twenty like fifteen, twenty thirteen. Yeah. I don't know. Can't remember which one. Anyways, my wife was the one who like changed the changed the fucking yeah. chant, and I explained that to him. And he's like, "Oh, your wife is amazing." I'm like, "Yes, buddy, you're not meeting my wife because um, I'd like to still stay married, <laughs> uh, and you are a sexy ass man." So and if I remember right, Anna, Anna did appreciate uh, Christiana Dinas quite a bit. She did. Yes, uh, Christiana Dias is a uh, is a. Very, very, very sexy Brazilian, and with a very sexy accent, and and, 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 and yeah, very sexy accent and a very and a very sexy ass. So I will. Uh... Um, I thought one of the highlights of the night was when Wes put Wonderwall on, and Kenaro Takata is up there seeing karaoke. But he does. He knows some of the words. Oh, not, all, not all the words. So, so Moni Broccolello gets his phone out, pulls up, and now they both can sing it together because the words are right in front of them. It was adorable. It was. It was great. It was great. It was. This is on uh, Saturday. Uh, there were, I was washing my hair like I mean that's that's on that's on you, Jess. I'm sorry. Um, all right, Go for Soccer Gala, MJ. Tell us what happened with Go for Soccer this week. Recently they played Purdue at West Lafayette. Uh, Purdue is uh, was ranked 25th in the country by RPI, Gopher 72, so uh, you know if they can get a result here it would be an upset. Shout out to Matt Pravatsky at Equal Time Soccer who provided video uh, highlights so I could watch this game because I do not get B, uh, BTN, uh, Big Ten Network Plus. That's not something I subscribe to. Um, Minnesota came in with uh, two wins, three losses, zero draws to the Big Ten. Uh, Purdue with three wins, one loss, so doing much better. First half in the 17th minute, Megan Gray turns the corner near the end line, breaks. Uh, 
defensive back uh, Skyler Patrick's ankles puts her down on the pitch just with uh, her ball handling skills alone. My Lambert comes over to help. Ray splits both Lambert and Patrick, but Patrick goes Cobra Kai in the box, sweeps the leg, foul in the box. Sophia Bowman takes the PK and finishes it low. Gophers are up 1 0. 41st minute. Uh, Mackenzie Langdon had a great ball in, sends a whooping ball into the box. Maddie Baker somehow gets a jumping heel on it, and Krista Van Moon finishes. This whole play was so unlike the Moon's. Like, you had four different players in the box moving, not standing around like traffic zones. Like, so it was not Moon like, but Van Moon like. Gophers up two. Neil at halftime, but unfortunately produced for three second half goals, and they win. That's us. Alright. I mean, what's not talking about Austin? Austin fucking sucks. We should beat Austin. If you don't beat Austin, um, we're terrible. I just want to say that this Thursday at 8pm, the Gophers host Illinois. Okay. You should all beat out to Illinois while Rockets. Thursday night. Illinois. Um, I was the only one who predicted a zero points against Colorado in our uh, our uh, playoff match number update. Uh, so FYI, I'm in, I'm in the lead on uh, actual correct things. So um, exactly. Uh, and then uh, you know, you talk about the U.S. national team if we want to. I don't really want to. Um, please, everybody, fucking support soccer. Let's just. Let's just put that out. Put that energy out into the world. Support soccer. Support players. Support women, women's players. Oh, yeah. For sure. Support women's players. Definitely. Way more than uh, everything else. But NWSL uh, took a break. Every game at the sixth minute, both teams came out and, and uh, just kind of got a group hug in the middle of the field in the sixth minute. Sometimes the refs joined in. Sometimes coaches joined in. Uh, WSL started doing it too in England. So now you have England women's players taking a break in the sixth minute. And the sixth minute is because it took six fucking years from when abuse complaints first happened for them to finally get some traction and get some action going in the in WSL. Dear women, support women. Yeah, uh, I have nothing else to add to that. Like, that's exactly. Um, we've been the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. MJ, do it with me. Do it again. We've been the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. No, we can't do nothing. Son. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.